wearing this thing. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Good? All right. Um, would you guys pray with me before we uh, get started? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight. Um, God, we again just praise you for what you accomplished last week. Um, through such a small group of people, you were able to feed so many, and uh, God, that's just the kind of thing you do, and we praise you for that. God, I pray that you'll continue to use this church uh, and to use every one of us individually, God, in, in ways just like that. Um, we, we serve you by showing our love, and uh, God, I just thank you that uh, I get to be a part of a church that's like that. Uh, God, I just pray that uh, you'll speak tonight, God. Um, through me, through all my uh, mistakes, and um, that uh, you'll just be with us here tonight. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So um, I heard a story this week, and uh, it really grabbed my attention for a lot of reasons. Um, there was this pastor down in Texas, uh, a pretty big church, and all of a sudden, his his very young son, I think he was probably four or five years old, uh, came down with this very acute, sudden heart condition. Um, you know, thought he was going to die, very scary. Um, he ended up, uh, you know, the doctors figured out what it was. Luckily, he, um, he had to spend a couple of months in the hospital. You know, this was, and the end game was like a major open heart surgery on this little kid. So, I mean, you guys can imagine what kind of a, of stress and burden that is. I mean, you know, when I, when I was reading the story, I think that's what hooked me in originally. Is I, I thought, you know, what 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 would I, what would I be like if Sonny was was in a situation like that? And uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I don't think a very good. I don't think I'd handle it very well. Is what I'm trying to say. And I I think a lot of people would be the same way. But um, you know, th it was very difficult on him. Um, you know, and, it, and his church could see that. So his church, what they did was every Sunday, uh, well, every service, actually, they set aside a special time to pray for this boy that God would heal him. And um, anybody want to guess what happened? Yes, he was healed. Um, he, he made it through all of his hospital stuff, got his surgery done. He's totally fine now. You know, and, and that's that's the kind of thing like Jeremy was talking about this morning. When a church comes together and, and follows God, you know, there's there's no limit to uh, to what you can see happen, uh, just like we saw last week. And uh, that's that's really just the first half of the story. Uh, we'll come back to that later uh, tonight. I really want to talk about what it means in a practical way, or what it would look like now to follow God the way that He commanded us to. And notice, I, I didn't say to follow God, I said to follow the way that he told us to. Because in the New Testament, I don't know if you noticed, but when Jesus tells us how to be disciples and followers of him, it, it's not painting a pretty picture. He's not saying, go out and have a blast, here's 50 bucks, you know, it's, you know, it's not a party, trust me. Kim and I can tell you, <laughs> sometimes it's rough on you. But, um, I, you know, I just want to talk about you know, uh, a simple thing like this, but it has so many implications in every aspect of our lives. And um, what's what's funny was, is um, when I was asked to speak a few weeks ago, 
I had this really awesome idea for a sermon about what the disciples were doing the week after Easter. <laughs> yeah, this is my big idea. I, was, I just thought, man, this is the most clever sermon idea I'll ever come up with. You know, I'll never beat this. This will be the last time I preach ever. And I was right. It was a very clever idea because Jeremy delivered it very well this morning. Did he not? I mean, it was, it was great. Luckily, I, I had uh, already scrapped that days before before now. Um, it was after I'd read this, this story that, that changed my mind, but you can just see God working in, uh, in another way because I would have been a little uh, nervous if I had to come up with a whole new sermon right after church this morning. That would have uh, been, been real short tonight. But uh, anyway, um, the scripture that we're going to read um, is Matthew uh, 16. Um, while you're turning, uh, just a little context. We're going to start in verse 21. Um, right before where we're at here, Jesus just got done telling Peter that he was going to be the rock of the church. Um, so things are kind of starting to get a little bit more real in the sense of, you know, Peter, you're going to be in charge of this. This is going to happen. In this scripture here, he's getting ready to tell his disciples about his death. Um, so, um, and another thing to remember that uh, I, I learned this in Bible college. This passion, this passion is very special because it's a turning point for Jesus and his disciples. Because now they're all on the same page. Before, they didn't know, um, you know, that, that Jesus was going to die. They thought, you know, they were, they were kind of along the lines of everybody else, that we're going to come and set up a kingdom, and we're going to be the 12 guys on top, and life's going to be great. Um, but after this verse, that's not what they think anymore. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and read our first verse, uh, verse 21. Well, from then on, uh, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that he had to go to Jerusalem, and he told them what would happen to him there. He told them he would suffer at the hands of the leaders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law, that he would be killed, and that he would be raised on the third day. Now, this is like Brother Dwayne getting up here and saying the aliens have landed and throwing tinfoil at everybody and running out the door. You know, I mean, like, this is a shock to these guys. They're just like, whoa. Because this is not what they want. This is not what they signed up for, you know. Um, of course, when they signed up, they didn't really know what they were signing up for, but um, this is not how any of them imagined it going down. Um, so, they, so now they have this end in sight, and that kind of changes the tone a little bit. Um, say the disciples are a lot like us you know we don't like change um, and then you know I mean the most shocking thing that, that he could say is that you guys are going to take me to Jerusalem where I'm going to die I mean I, I think they probably all just sat there in shock I know I would have uh, at least I think I would have um but they reacted in the only way that they could, the human way. Um, in verse 22, we see that um, with Peter. Uh, Peter took him aside and corrected him. 
Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Okay, first thing I noticed when I read that, ch- that sentence was that he corrected him for an idiot. I mean, come on. I mean, the disciples had done some pretty stupid things and said some pretty stupid things up to this point, but I think that one took the cake. Um, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Peter actually thinks that he's going to tell Jesus uh, what the plan is instead of, instead of that. Um, <laughs> and that's how you can see the human nature of his reaction shine through. <clears throat> that's always our first reaction is to just freak out and start to say no um, it, but I, I really think in Peter's mind he thought that Jesus was was going too far uh, I think he thought that Jesus didn't have to do this um, if he chose not to um, but as we can see I mean as we know that's not true um, but but he, he knew Peter's heart the next line is where he uh, responds to Peter and uh Jesus gets mad in this line, and I, and I always kind of like it when Jesus gets mad, because I get mad a lot, it makes me feel better about it. Uh, he says, get away from me, or actually, he said, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan, with an exclamation point. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Like I said, Peter, or Jesus knew Peter's heart. He knew that Peter loved him. He knew that Peter cared about him, and that was the only reason that he was saying these things. But he had to stop that line of thinking right away because without him realizing it, I think Peter was tempting Jesus. Because, I mean, if we, you know, and remember the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, God, if there's any other way we can do this, let's do it the other way. So, I mean, this is, you know, Jesus was fending off temptation here. I think that's why he had to be so stern with Peter was to just cut that out, you know, nip it in the bud. Um, but that's, that's something that we do, something that I do constantly. I, I, I see things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Even when God's plan is laid out directly before me, I can't see it because I'm a sinner. Um, let's see. Okay. Now I'm going to finish that story that I started earlier. Remember the boy had been healed and all is well. Well, you, as most of you, has anybody in here ever been in the hospital? What's the first thing you get in the mail when you get home? The bill. Is it ever small? No. No, it's not. I can think of uh, one time... Kim was in the hospital for three nights, and we got the bill in the mail, and I about had a nervous breakdown, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, just, uh, it, it's crazy how expensive that stuff gets. Um, so anyway, after this boy was, was healed, the bills started pouring in. And I mean, these were the kind of bills that, like, you have to change the way you live to, to be able to pay them, you know? These are, these are not like $50 a month payments. These are, you know, $700 or $800 a month payments. Like, just big money, especially to just some, you know, a, a pastor, you know. Um, but anyway, the uh, church 
got together again and decided that they were going to pay the medical bills. And so they did that. And it blessed the preacher and his family so much that um, he was given a calling. He, <coughs> he knew that God wanted him to use him. Sorry. God wanted to use him to bless other people the way he'd been blessed. I'm sorry if I get emotional about this. but um, So he just did a little research, and he found this place that would buy medical debt for penny on the dollar and um, you know he just thought okay I'll see what the church thinks so he took it in front of his church and uh, you know they they loved the idea and they were able to raise over 10 million dollars and cancel medical debt for 4,000 families That's what can happen when a church comes together. Paul's done. Um, but in order for that to happen, in order for all that, that love to, to go out, this family had to suffer. And they had to suffer a lot. I mean, what they had to go through um, was faith test and stuff. I'm going to go ahead and read the next verse. Because um, this is kind of where it gets um, to the difficult parts. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. I know that I've heard that and you've heard that a million times. Those are very important words. Um, I mean, these are stern terms. They come with a warning. Uh, but this is, this is what's required to follow Jesus. Um, it's all in or it's all out. That's, that's kind of the way I read it. Um, you can't have one foot in and the other foot in the world. I know we all know that. Um, uh, as I was reading these verses, I, I kind of had a little, just a sentence pop in my head. Uh, so this is kind of the thesis of my whole little sermon. He requires us to die to ourselves so that he can live through us. And that's what following Jesus is. So I think what Jesus is saying here well, actually, no, I know what Jesus is saying here is that if you want to follow him, you have to put aside everything that you think you want, everything you think you need. You have to put logic aside because a lot of times the things that he asks you to do will not make sense. And it's scary. Um... And, uh, you know, this also raises some hard questions. Um, questions that I don't like to ask myself. Like, what selfish ambitions do you hold on to? You know, what, what's, what's the most important thing? What if this thing got taken away today? It would devastate you the most. And is that thing really worth it compared to following God? 
It's not. You know, I, uh, I, I have a problem. I constantly, I constantly dwell on Spain and think about the people there and, and how I want to be there serving God for them and, and preaching the word to them and doing all this work. But, I mean, I, I rarely look across the street to love my neighbor. You know, I mean, this, this applies to foreign missions, applies to your next door neighbor. It applies to every interaction that you have with every person that you meet because we may be the only chance they have to hear about the love of God. Um, let's see. Our last verse tonight is verse 26. It says, And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process. Is anything worth more than your soul? I know how Jesus would answer that. He came here to die for our souls. So I think in his opinion, it's pretty, he holds them in pretty high regard. So I think we should too. I think a lot of time... Um, you know, as great as that thing we did last week was, we can participate in that for an hour and a half and check off our do-gooder list and, and feel good about ourselves, and we don't have to think about God until somebody we love gets sick or something bad happens or you run out of money. But if you want to follow Jesus, you have to do it every single day. Read your Bible. Pray. Spend time with people who are alone, lost, poor. Following Jesus. <coughs> Sorry. Following Jesus requires real, true sacrifice. And it's very hard to do because you have to let go of a lot of things that we hold on to very tightly. I just pray that um, that all of us, myself especially, can begin to really let people see fruit grow off of me. Uh, I don't want to be the guy who talks about going to Spain and being a missionary. I want to be the guy who's already a missionary here. So pray for me. Help me to do that. Hold me accountable. Um, that's about all I've got. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I might get out a little early tonight. You're welcome. Um, if you want to make it up to me, you can all come and have lunch and make a nice donation. By the way, I want to tell, I want to tell you a little bit about that. Um, like I was talking about this morning, the Bible scarcity problem over there. Um, what we... Our goal was to raise enough money um, by making coffee mugs to buy 50 Bibles. And this is when we had found them for $15 a piece. We were going to try to get trade a mug for a $15 donation, and that would go straight to buying a Bible, and we would take 50 over there with us. But um, this week, we found that we can now have Bibles printed in Girona 
So, and they're also a third of the price, $5 a piece, which is the cheapest that they've ever been. So we're going to try to bring, or we're going to try to print 150 Bibles instead of just take 50 with us. Um, so please come next week. Um, you know, you don't have to throw a ton of money at us. Just, you know, come have a meal, pray with us, support us a little bit. Um, it really means the world to us. You guys have no idea. Those of you who do support us in here, you know how much we love you for it. It means everything. Um, if anybody would like to, to pray at the altar or anything like that, uh, I think we could probably just do a song, Dave could pray.